Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. The Annie Fry Show YouTube live chat poll of the day is sponsored by Ruler Foods. Low prices, no coupons. Ruler Foods. That is exactly what I needed to hear. Thank God someone here knows what they're talking about. That's us. That's right. Gotta love this American ride. Right, you need to take the time and get the full picture. Don't get me wrong. I love the ladies. I mean, they rev my engine. But they don't belong in the newsroom. It is Anchor Man, not Anchor Lady. This is the Annie Fry Show. Welcome back to the Annie Fry Show. It's Tuesday. We're grateful that you're here with us uh, this afternoon. Very cold in St. Louis, but it's getting warmer. It's all the way up to 12 degrees. So uh, I guess you could take that jacket off now. We watched the Iowa caucus last night. We prepped you for it. And last night, Donald Trump comes through with a resounding 50% plus victory. Close second place in uh, close with Nikki Haley, second place to DeSantis. And now we move to New Hampshire and we'll continue to cover it as the events continue to unfold. While all the politics are going on, there are major events happening in our world that have uh, will have a great deal of effect on who we choose in November to be the next commander in chief if we decide to go with more of the same. And that's why we bring our friend Jim Carifano onto the show, the senior counselor to the president and E.W. Richardson Fellow for International Engagement at the Heritage Foundation. Jim, welcome back. Good to have you here. Hey, can I ask a serious question? You can ask any questions. So I've, so I've heard that intro like uh, maybe like 10,000 times. Maybe. Is is that the intro to the hour or do you do that for this? Do you do the same intro every hour of the show? Every hour of the show. We do the same. So intro. it's always the same. Oh, okay. Yes. Right. So that's, I, got yep. I could I could like do it by memory. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love that. Thank you. Every once in a while, I meet some moms who listen to us in the afternoon and they ha- their kids can do it. And I just it warms my heart to hear that. So that's it's just a credit to how long you've been with the show and how much we value you. Um, especially with these itch issues that are taking place right now with these Houthi attacks. I need you to just define some bold-faced words for us in our textbook so that people who are following along at home and are wondering the stakes for this November election and who's going to be our commander-in-chief, who are the Houthis, how is Yemen involved, who does Iran support, yep. who's attacking whom, lay it out for us. Yeah, so this is a classic kind of uh, you know, problem of a state that's kind of 
you know, draw, carved out by drawing a line. So Yemen is kind of on the tip of the peninsula of Saudi Arabia there. The border between them is actually not even defined. It's just open desert. And, and Yemen is a state that is a, a combination of different ethnic groups. And so the Houthis are an ethnic group, um, and, and they were basically rebelling at war with the central government. So essentially you had this war between the, the, the north and the south, which is kind of like the American Civil War. And what happened was over time, um, you know, the Saudis came into the world. They, they tried to, because it was, you know, disrupting, it was bad for them too. And the Houthis actually um, uh, then turned to support from Iran. Uh, and they opened the door to Islamist groups from all over the world. So you had ISIS, Al-Qaeda, everybody else flew into Yemen. And, and the, re- the reason why they did that, of course, is every the, the Iranians want to threaten and destabilize Saudi Arabia. So they're actually giving long-range missiles to the uh, Houthis that can range into Saudi Arabia. Now, I mean, it's a very, very difficult country. It's very difficult to fight a war. So it's a very inconclusive war. And, of course, the Iranians are just throwing fuel in the fire because it it, it threatens uh, Saudi Arabia, which is their enemy. It uh, allows them to threaten the line of communications through the Red Sea, which is very important to the world. And so it became an important surrogate for the Iranians. And what's What's, the reason why it's kind of flared up again is when Biden came into office to try to kind of bring you know peace to the region, he basically cut off arms sales to the Saudis to punish them. And then he took the Houthis off the terrorist list to essentially allow them to have um, foreign aid and, and humanitarian aid and everything else. And it was a way essentially of turning to the Iranians and saying, look, you know, we can play ball here. You know, we can work together. And um, – and what's happened is because not only did he kind of give the Houthis the get-out-of-jail-free card, but because he allowed all this money to flow into Iran from basically not enforcing sanctions and giving them sanctions relief, you know, giving them money for hostage and everything else, the Iranians now have a ton of money to give the Houthis. And so they, essentially they've turned around and weaponized that to, to, to destabilize the region. And, and, you know, and we say, okay, so Obama told – I mean, Biden – not that there's much of a difference. Oh, uh, Biden told them to knock it off. Uh, of course, they didn't. So we did this campaign, a bombing campaign. But then two things happened of note in the last days. One is the Houthis attacked an American warship. Now, the missile was shot down, but they were aiming at an American warship. So obviously, they didn't get the memo. And the second thing was we just interdicted a major arms shipment from Iran to the Houthis. So again, if the, the goal was to deter this from happening, none of this worked. And then you might ask, well, what what do the Iranians want to get out of this? And I'll, I'll just give you the nightmare scenario just so everybody's prepared for that. So why are, why are they creating all this havoc? Because in the end, they know they can't close the Red Sea, that the navies of the world can keep it open if they really want to. Mm-hmm. They can't drive Israel into the sea. You know, Hamas is never going to do that. So why are they doing this? What I believe it may not happen, but I believe it's certainly a possibility, is the Iranians will say, oh, my God, look at all this turmoil and chaos in the region. We have to defend ourselves. Therefore, we are becoming a declared nuclear power. I mean, they already have the capacity to, to build nuclear weapons and declare themselves a nuclear power. They, they create this chaos. They use it as an excuse to declare themselves a nuclear power. It's right in the middle of the election. The Israelis aren't going to attack them. We're not going to attack them. And then whoever is the president's January walks in the door facing the reality of Iran's declared nuclear state and U.S. policy is we don't allow Iran to have nuclear weapons and they're basically going to look at us and say, what are you going to do about it? 
I think that's where we're headed. Well, I asked you to tell us what what needs to happen for people to understand what was really at stake in November. That that sets the table quite uh, nicely, I would say. I've got a map up here for the people who are watching us on our stream so that they can kind of listen in to when you're talking about these different areas. People aren't familiar with this uh, part of the world. And when you look at how small these countries are and how big Iran is comparatively, you know, Saudi Arabia is there as well. Israel is just this tiny little place uh, to the west of these different countries. And you're talking about Iran. Every time we have these conversations weekly, it really boils down to me. Like you're saying, Iran is invested in chaos and America is supposed to be the stabilizing entity in the world. This, the leader in strength that says this is where we're going to be stable and Iran is kind of pushing the buttons. And as soon as Iran is given an inch, they take a mile. Do you feel like they're speeding that up a bit, knowing based on the election cycle timeline in the United States? I, look, I, I, I mean, I don't have any classified information or data or anything, but that. That's certainly what you get from kind of reading the tea leaves. And I know a lot of Americans, like, why do we care? Uh, you know, everybody knows oil comes out of the Middle East. Let's just not buy oil from the Middle East. Well, the reason why we care is the Middle East is in the middle of everything. It's not just global energy supplies. And you may say, well, well, may, we can be energy independent. We don't need the energy. But the reality is lots of other people in the world do, and we do business with them. And if they can't get energy, eventually it is going to rebound an impact on us. It's, it's the pathway of global finance. Um, it's the pathway of global maritime transport. It's like 90% of the world's goods and services are moved by sea. A lot of that goes through the Red Sea, uh, um, through the Straits, uh, through the Suez Canal. And, and, and we'll direct. So a Houthi bombing a ship in in the Red Sea could affect your ability to pick up your, you know, your toys at Walmart. I mean, it's just the reality of it. And um, global air, all the global air transport lanes go through almost everybody that flies to Asia. You go through Turkey or, or UAE or Qatar. Um, global migration routes go through there. Um, food. So, ha- I mean, a third of the world would starve if food, grain couldn't be shipped trans through the region um, to Africa and other places. So it, it does impact us. And now we're not the world's policeman. You know, we're not the world's babysitter. You know, our job's not to baby-proof the world. Or, but we, in our own interests, want to prevent things that are bad for us. I, I'm not saying the Middle East has to be the land of milk and honey, and, 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 but it's in our interest that the region does not blow up in war. Because that will impact us. And the biggest guarantor that we have of, of keeping the region from spinning out of control is the fact that we have Israel, which, which remains both um, a staunch U.S. ally and the most capable military power in the region, um, there. So the, the survival of Israel is actually in the interest of the United States. It's, it's also the, the key to stability in the region. So... We do have some stuff at stake. It's, is it, you know, like defending the border? I mean, we don't defend our own border. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, if you wanted, I mean, if you say, well, what's the first, first thing I do say is defend the border. But, yeah, peace and stability in the Middle East are important. And, and if it was done, this is the point. If it was done right, the U.S. Navy shouldn't have to be there. Right. Aircraft carriers shouldn't have to be there. American missiles shouldn't have to be flying. American troops shouldn't be shot out, right? If you, if, you, if you look after your interests correctly, 
you, you don't have to do these things. If you police your streets correctly, the police don't have to be in shootouts with the, with the cartels. Great, great analogy. And, and that's, that's why we are what we are, because we're not doing foreign policy right. Uh, you know, when we were, people are watching the primary campaigns for the Republicans, uh, the Ukraine conversation, the funding for Ukraine is the most politically talked about foreign policy concern. And it makes me wonder sometimes if it's even a distraction. How does Ukraine fit into what's going on uh, with these attacks, with Iran, with Russia? Where are you at on Ukraine right now? Yeah, look, I mean, first of all, I think it's headed to a – well, I already think it is. It's a stalemate. It, so people can argue Ukraine policy all they want. It's a stalemate. That's not going to change. Um, there's going to be a free and independent Ukraine. Uh, the Russians aren't going to be able to conquer it. The Ukrainians are never going to be able to fight back and get all their territory. That's just the reality of where we are. Um, I, I, I think that reality will continue. I think the U.S. will continue to support Ukraine because it's in our, in our interest to do so. I think if you actually unpack the Ukraine debate, 99% of it is about the, p- the pathetic leadership from this president, how he's exploited the issue, taken advantage of it. Driven up the debt, and that really held the allies to um, to do their fair share and burden sharing. It's not really about whether we should have a free and independent Ukraine or not. Um, we can all talk about Ukraine, but I, honestly, my opinion, Ukraine's on autopilot. Um, the 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 big place we need to watch is the Middle East, and the big thing where we're going to need policy shifts and changes is in the Middle East. You know, what are we going to do with Iran? We we just literally cannot have the policies that we're having now. Um, so I think those are, are the big issues. I think even if you listened to Donald Trump in um, in uh, Iowa and when he talked about the war, he said, well, we need to end this war. And it wasn't talking about abandoning Ukraine or, or give, turning things over to Russia. It was about talking about the suffering and the, and the horror the Ukrainian people have experienced and wanting that to end. So I, I, I don't think Ukraine is the, the bellwether issue, to be honest. Last question for you before we have to let you go. We're speaking with Jim Carafano with the Heritage Foundation. Does the domestic policy of uh, homeland energy production dramatically affect our relationships and the makeup, the power structure, the economies of the world? Well, with, with being energy independent and, and being a massive energy exporter do is it puts us in the driver's seat. It makes us the wedge producer. But, and, and that allows us to drive the market and drive behavior. And it also doesn't make us dependent on anybody else. Uh, and, and so strategically, it puts us in a much stronger position. And, and you know what else it does? It delivers to Americans reliable, affordable, abundant energy, which is the number one thing we need to power our economy. Well, it's, there's a there's a lot of options for a Republican, at least, to get in there in November to dramatically and very quickly change the direction of this country. Iowa being done yesterday and then hearing more about these attacks on a foreign stage, it just makes me lean in even more to what's taking place because we have the opportunity in America to make a change in November. Hopefully we do. Thanks for being with us, Jim. You bet. Thanks. Talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Jim Carafano, the senior counselor to the president and E.W. Richardson fellow for international engagement at the Heritage Foundation. Follow him on Twitter at JJ Carafano. He's great. You should uh, definitely check him out. He will entertain you with his tweets or posts or whatever we call him on X now. Quick break. When we come back, Tyler Boyer is going to join us. I really appreciate Tyler. He is a hardworking individual in the southwest of the country, but he's an RNC National Committeeman. He's the chief operating officer of Turning Point Action. 
And he's going to talk to us about those Iowa results from last night, what they mean to him. And also, I want to know about the integrity of our election system, what he feels about the Republican Party and the apparatus that we have set up. Are we doing everything we need to do to get the job done come November? Tyler Boyer with worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole. Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Thus, when we come back, don't go away. I got a text here. Turn the music down. <laughs> I can't talk Brad's pr- producing. I know. He's, He's on producing. the phone with Tyler. We're getting it all set up. I'm like. <laughs> but we still have to talk. It's a good thing I like the song. Yeah, and it's a good thing you like to talk. I, yeah, <laughs> you guys got cut me some slack. <laughs> I'm well, not good at doing like six things at once. Anyway. That's, all right. That's why we're telling you, hey, can you turn it down? Uh, why? This is a question. Okay. From a listener, why are some Democrats propping up Nikki? Why are some deep pocket GOP donors lifting Nikki? I think it's because they know that Trump's nomination is inevitable, which I agree with. And they, the media, are going to try to pressure Trump to select her as a running mate. She would then be their mole in the administration. Long shot, yes. Out of the question, no. What do you think about them apples? Ooh, wait a minute. Now, so, okay. We're going to dissect a lot here. Democrat? Who, who wants Nikki to be the president? In Iowa, it's Democrats? Yes, it is. And the establishment GOP donors? Yes. Yes. So, What, what do they have in common? <laughs> An absolute the, hatred for just, Donald Trump. I was going to say it's just Trump that they have in common. So I, the only thing that, that's the thing about these things is that you have all this quote unquote support coming for Haley in Iowa, but so much of it was crossover Democrats that those people aren't going to vote for Haley in November if she were the nominee. Why keep Nikki Haley in the race though? I, I think it has Trump spending money. The longer the yes. primary lasts, the better for the Democrats. There's got to be no question about that. And For money, it does, Which for is sure. why I feel like DeSantis needs to stay in for a little bit to make sure that the never-Trumpers have a place to go other than Nikki Haley because you don't want Donald Trump and Nikki Haley. If you, if you want Trump to be the president, and I agree, Donald Trump is going to be the nominee. No argument. 
I don't think that that's going to change. Man, that's some that's some strategizing you're doing there. Well, I like it. I mean, it makes sense. The idea that DeSantis would stay in the race, pull from Nikki Haley, is an advantage to Donald Trump. Yes. And if if Ron DeSantis, if if Ron DeSantis wasn't in that race last night, and Nikki Haley pulls. 40%, which is about what their numbers were together. I don't think that all of Ron DeSantis' support goes to Donald or goes to Nikki Haley, but there is a portion of people who don't want Trump to be the nominee. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's why we have Tyler Boyer on the show today to talk to us about uh, everything that took place last night with the Iowa caucus. He is an RNC national committeeman, the chief operating officer of Turning Point Action, and the host of the Swing State Update podcast. Tyler, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with us today. We know you're a busy guy, so thanks for the time. He's oh, I'm muted. Happy there to be is. here, Annie. How are you doing? <laughs> That's fine. We're, we're working there it out go. on a Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> First of all, 50% plus for Donald Trump in Iowa. You think, was that a surprise to you? What does that mean? No, I mean, I think Iowa sent a clear message, which was that, uh, you know, this was a swing state prior to Donald Trump, and it's not any longer. And there's a lot of honor there that exists. And that's why I think it was so uh, devastating for the governor to kind of break from that. I think it would have been a lot easier for the governor, Kim Reynolds, who, by the way, I was at the Iowa State Fair four years ago when she was governor, and I watched her walk up and down the Iowa State Fair. No one knew who she was. Mm. And and that's part of the reason why I think that pro- probably endorsements like that don't make a huge difference, um, especially in the Midwest where people are just trying to, you know, cash a paycheck and get to work. And you got a lot of blue collar sentiment. And Donald Trump has has been the man for for those people. And so it's not a huge surprise that he won by a whole lot. I think it is really surprising that I think you mentioned this is that even with Democrats, you know, coming out to vote for Nikki Haley, that she came in third place. Yeah, like so. a lot of effort from the people who won't vote for the Republican nominee in the ticket. A lot of effort to get Nikki Haley into third place uh, just behind Ron DeSantis. I've said this before. I'm a Ron DeSantis fan. I hope he's the president someday. Yes. I am one of those people who can hold the idea of a Ron DeSantis presidency and a Donald Trump presidency in my head at the same time. I actually think that more people are like that than not. You got to live off of Twitter to to experience that. Um, what do you think about what happens next? Nikki Haley, her her big state is New Hampshire, of course, South Carolina next, which is her home state. Ron DeSantis still being in the race, even if he's not the guy who's actually going to get the nomination, I think is a benefit to Donald Trump. Yeah, you know the way I look at the presidency is this way, which is if you can't win your own neighborhood, <laughs> then why are you running for office, right? And so that it just it just develops bigger and bigger as as you go up to the national stage. And so I look at this and there's guys that run here locally in Arizona and they run for office and they lose their own neighborhood, their own precincts. And I'm like, what the heck were you thinking? Like, what? why would you think that this was a good idea if you can't even win your own neighborhood? The same kind of goes for Nikki Haley and Ron. And, and both of them are losing their home states to Donald Trump pretty, pretty magnificently in the polls, right? So that's an embarrassment that is is impending. So it doesn't really matter what happens in small state New Hampshire where you can spend $10,000 per voter to, to influence an election. You know, we just came out of Iowa. It was probably somewhere between $1,500 to $2,000 that Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis spent individually on, on voters. 
I saw you know, this is... said Trump spent $300 per vote. And I think it was DeSantis was like 1200 and Nikki Haley was more than that. Nikki Haley got third place and spent the most per vote. And that's not even, that's just media buys. That's not including all the infrastructure that was put into place, True. all the ele other elements that were spent. So, I mean, you're talking is a significant amount of money that's spent on these things. And it's just such a silly way to do things, especially when you're looking in the mirror at Donald Trump winning effectively every poll in every state by double digits. So you just have to look at this and say, how serious are you of, of a person? And to your point, you have a really good point that went before I came on, which was, you know, who's really behind this? Is this is this a Chinese push to, you know, to get somebody that's more friendly to China relations? And that's a real question, right? And we know Nikki Haley's probably going to be that person. Is this a more friendly push for the Democrats? And are Democrats giving Nikki Haley money, which we know? Are Democrats re-registering to vote for Nikki Haley, which we saw just in Iowa? You know, we have to take, this is why people are so uh, boldly America first today. And this is why I think it was a mistake for Ron DeSantis not to, to be embracing that throughout his campaign the entire time, because he thought he could kind of split and, and win, but he just kind of ended up straddling a fence that, that I think is going to ultimately put him in third place. Yeah, I, I, would, I don't doubt that. And I think that the Ron DeSantis play seemed like a really smart one before all of the legal challenges started to make Donald Trump bigger and more successful. Like, who saw that coming? Uh, I, I, Donald Trump did. He, he understood that that was going to be the natural course of events. And, I you know, I think in my mind I was thinking we need a plan B because what happens if Donald Trump is in court the entire time? Well, it turns out the American people are pretty pissed off that Donald Trump yeah. is in, in court. And they see through what the left and what the media conjoined together have tried to do to marginalize Donald Trump. We saw last night Rachel Maddow, I, I mean— I can only take so much, Rachel Maddow. Like everyone, I'll, I'll, I have to look at the time on the clip before I will even invest the brain cells into consuming it. And I already played it once on the show, so I'm not going to do it again. She, she's out there saying, you know, it, it, it is their journalistic integrity that is going to keep the American people from consuming what the, the, the presumptive nominee of the GOP has to say after 50% plus of Iowa says, we choose you. Rachel Maddow and MSNBC know better uh -huh. than to let the American people listen to what the man has to say. I mean, what does MSNBC actually think about the American voter? Well, and, and you bring up a really good point, too, with that, which is, you know, I think Nikki Haley is just as guilty as the lying you know, mainstream media because, I mean, look, she was the ambassador to the U.N., and where was Nikki Haley during this whole Russian collusion hoax, right? Like, she was nowhere to be found. She wasn't saying, hey, look, I was the ambassador of the UN. I don't think any of this is true. No, this is, <laughs> you know, I had direct communication. I was the go-between, you know, at the UN with a lot of these issues. And I think this is all kind of a farce. She didn't do that, right? And And she knew that most of what was, uh, but what was reported by most of these mainstream, was just a complete manufactured lie. And I think that was the point that Vivek brought up that was so good and why he was so hated by the establishment, which was like, hey, you know, I, I'm running against Donald Trump, but like all this stuff that was done to Donald Trump was wrong. And the mainstream media knows it. They still haven't paid for it. But look, all the Republicans who sat on the sidelines that just allowed this to happen are are held in the eyes of the voters with contempt. And there's contempt for these people. There's contempt for Nikki Haley with by 60 to 70% of the of the Republican electorate. 
And and the fact that she can't she she doesn't read enough of her emails to her campaign to understand that contempt is really is it's just a normal like a you are a normal person. I'm a normal person. If I had my entire neighborhood telling me that I sucked for what in their view was legitimate reasons and I didn't respond to any of that. Yeah. I, I'm a bad neighbor. I'm not I shouldn't be the, the president of the HOA or the mayor or whatever, right? Like that that is the same thing with Nikki Haley. And and it's so it's so hard for me to understand why they don't get that. Yeah, it's hard to vote for willful ignorance, especially when it's right there in plain sight. And I understand that it, the big tent argument for Nikki Haley, if the tent is getting bigger, but leaving out the Republicans that are currently in it and adapting Democrats who despise Donald Trump for a, a whole foundation of lies that have been told that they've bought. That's that's a problem. We're speaking with Tyler Boyer. He's the RNC national an RNC national committeeman, the chief operating officer of Turning Point Action as well. Uh, I'm I'm I want to ask you about the suburban woman, and I want to predicate this with saying I'm a suburban woman. So go easy on me. I I don't have any problem supporting Donald Trump. I talk to a lot of people in my circle, the soccer moms. Some of them love Donald Trump more than anybody I know. And they're hardcore about it. They love him. They can't wait to vote for him again. A lot of them, in my opinion, when it comes down to it, are going to vote for Trump. But they they have the, I just, I don't know why, this is something that they say, I just don't know why he has to be like that. That's kind of like, that's kind of the summation of, of what they have to say about his demeanor. And I think that the suburban woman conversation keeps coming up surrounding Donald Trump. And I feel mm-hmm. like the way the Republican Party is handling it isn't the best because they're kind of demeaning the suburban women when they address the issue. What do you want to say to those suburban women as to why Donald Trump is our guy? He is who he is. We need him in this country. What's the message from you as an RNC national committeeman? Well, it's a great question. I'm married to a suburban woman, <laughs> and uh, yeah, she she's a biological suburban woman, which is even better. Uh, which is which is we we appreciate that, right? In the world that we're in today, some do. But you know, I mean, look, I I think that we're in this in this space now where. You know, suburban women are feeling the same way that the black community has felt for so long by the Democrats, right? Which is, you know, we have a lot of issues that we want to hear, and there's a lot of lip service that's given to uh, groups, specific groups, and there's not a lot being done. And the Republican Party, I think, <clears throat> has this this really bad habit of being trans- transactional, right? Which is, we try to go to voters, and we treat voters the same way that we treat um, someone that is in the checkout line at, uh, uh, you know, Home Goods, right, or wherever, and I'll I'll use that That's for my that suburban good women. Suburban mom reference, right there. I see what you did. Right. <laughs> see what I did there. But that, you know, that's not how people like to be treated. They want to know that you're hearing them out and you understand what the concerns are. And you look at some things right now on the fa- on the front face of what women are are, are most concerned about. And they're concerned about their safety. They're concerned about their children's safety. They're concerned about what's happening in schools. We know all this, right? The fact is is that Donald Trump doesn't have a lot of control over those things, but your local community does. And so I think where a lot of suburban women I talk to, at least in my community, start to have a lot, a lack of faith. It's like, you've got, you know, maybe some concerns with whoever's running for president or whatever. Like you said, I'll probably hold my nose and vote for him. In fact, the, the data shows that they'll do that, right? So that's really not the concern. But I have less, I have less trust in the Republican Party and working all the way up to the top of ticket when you can't even handle the things that are happening in my neighborhood. Yeah. 
And we have Republicans who are, you know, pushing for things that are really bad, like including, you know, all inclusive gender neutral bathrooms that are putting boys and girls locker rooms and all sorts of things. And so I actually think a lot of this is just relational where it's you got to go to the door, build a relationship and say, no, I, I'm, I'm your guy. I'm the guy in the neighborhood that's really involved. Talk to me. By the way, here's my wife. Let me introduce you. We're normal people and, and we're fighting for these things. And, you know, let me tell you how, you know, we're, we're going to work on this locally. I think that adds a sense of, of ease, but also urgency for people to realize, oh my gosh, you know, I've got, we got much bigger problems to handle locally than, than who's president at the end of the day, who's the the nominee for president for the Republican party. Yeah. It's an interesting message. I think it's a good one too. Uh, Tyler Boyer, before we let you go, I I'm actually pretty astonished as to how the polls, the average polls really reflected the results in Iowa. And then I take that knowledge and I say, well, if it was accurate there, maybe they're going to be accurate other places. Uh, You do, you're the host of the swing state update podcast you know all about swing states. You know all about election integrity. When you look at the polls in the swing states across the country, Trump versus Biden, it looks really good for Donald Trump. Do you think that that's going to hold? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, you know, there's some statistics that exist there that show that there's no reason why we should lose, given this, the state of the economy, the state of the feelings t- towards Biden. But you have to remember, we're now in the in the, in the new century where data is accessible at the fingertips. So the 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 preaching that we're doing every single day is that three or four states are won or lost on the margins based off of Democrats' availability uh, to go chase ballots and their ability to read the data quickly. And so where we're behind on our side is you know, if this is 1992, I to your question, hmm. I have no, I have no concern we're going to win this election because there's no technological way for me to identify who the low propensity or less likely voters are, who can be peer pressured into voting, and that's effectively what's happening. You know, everybody remembers Rush, the great Rush Limbaugh, constantly talking about low information voters, low information voters, low information, and he actually helped plant that into our heads of why that's important. And it actually was less important when he talks about it. Today, low information voters can be peer pressured at the door, can be taken advantage of. And this is the reason why I believe Democrats take advantage of minority communities as much as they do, is because they're less likely to vote as a block. And because of that, all they have to do is put bodies to doors to go basically ballot chase or ballot harvest in whatever state they're in to make up the disparity of, you know, how much people just don't like you know, Joe Biden right now. Yeah. And that is the big concern. Republicans. That's what we have to do. Republicans have to offer an alternative. So they've got to be on the ground at the doors, making those efforts. Tell me real quick before I let you go, Tyler, what if, if, if I've got Jane Doe listening right now and she's very passionate, she's a a very high information voter. What does she do physically? What website does she go to? Who does she go talk to, to be a part of the solution so that she can knock on 10 doors? Yeah, I mean, look, because of the Electoral College, the the future of the country hinges on basically six states, Arizona, Wisconsin, Georgia, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Michigan. And so if you're not in one of those states, we need your help, particularly in October of this year, to take time off, start taking time off now, plan ahead, take your vacation to go to Arizona. It'll be beautiful, I promise, in, in October and November. Wisconsin's always beautiful around that time. It gets a little chilly, but it's beautiful. 
we need your help. And you can go to Turning Point Action to get that help. So tpaction.com slash chase, or just go to our website, tpaction.com. We actually today are starting to collect names. We are going to have full-time bodies and entire teams. We're talking hundreds of full-time people to aid volunteers coming in out of state to make sure that we win those states. Mm. Because if we don't win those, then there's no way that we're going to win the presidency. And that's the margins that we have to win, that we have to compete with the left. Tyler, I'm looking at my team in the studio here, and I'm thinking of an October trip to Arizona where we cover it and we take a coalition from Missouri. I'm thinking the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) Tyler, if you'll have us, we would love to do something like that. And I'll break it down real easy. How we're working with volunteers is like, hey, if you can help us chase five to ten ballots per day, we we will take you. We will give you. We will give you uh, shelter, and we will give you food. We'll make sure you're watered, and uh, and we'll send you out and get yeah. that done. With Ryan Wiggins here, we just throw the water on him. So. And, and as long as there's gummy bears, I'm fine. <laughs> gummy bears well, and water. That's all you need. <laughs> Tyler, I love. We'll it. do a trail of gummy bears to every door. For you, so <laughs> well, there's another one. There's another one. The hey, content door. creates itself. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, Tyler, I want to. I'm writing this stuff down. I want to see if we can we can plan something. And and if it has to be on our on our own dime, we'll figure out maybe how to make that happen. But I'd love to see how that operation works to to cast a light on it and be a part of the solution. And I know for people who are want people tell me that all the time. They're like Annie, what just what can I do? The starting point, go to Turning Point Action and learn what they've, they've laid out the groundwork for you. You've done a great job, Tyler. I always appreciate when you come on the show. We hope you'll come back and continue to motivate us to get involved. Uh, anytime. And thank you always for having me. Of course. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, Tyler Boyer from Turning Point Action. Great to have him on the show. And check out his podcast as well. He's the host of the Swing State Update podcast. Ryan, you know as well as anybody that those swing states, the six states that he listed, it's it's all there. That, Illinois is not going for Trump. We get it. Missouri is not going for Biden. That is exciting. When I hear him saying, we have the apparatus already set up, I get excited because that is what we need. That is exactly what we were missing in the last couple elections that Democrats had that we did not have. And we can't start talking about it in September and October. No, right now. It has to be now. We should do it. I, if Listen, if you were listening to that and you got as <laughs> thrilled as I did or even a portion of it and you went, oh, man, that's, uh, that's really good. Consider doing something with it. I don't know what that is for you, but consider looking into it, seeing how you might be able to be involved. Get three or four couples together. That would be a blast. And go to Arizona in October? Are you kidding me? We'll go to Pennsylvania for you. What? I don't know. <laughs> if, you, if you wanted to go to Arizona, not Pennsylvania, I'm a just big saying. fan of going always south. I was going to say souther. I am too, but I just want people to go to all, like, whatever state it is, whatever reason you have, if you can be involved in it, I think this is a great way to get involved like this a year. a family in Michigan. I don't know. I'm fine with that too. Mackinac Island. Let's see if we can get our boss, Steve, to send us to all six states. We're going to be off from the studio from July through October. How's that sound? Yeah. Let's take a quick break. We're far past our out time here, so we're going to pause for just a second. We come back. We'll wrap up uh, this hour with some responses to the YouTube live chat poll. Are we experiencing deja vu Trump? Yes, it's Trump 2016. Yes, it's Trump 2020. Or no, this is something different. You tell us what you think on the YouTube live chat poll, and we'll be back in just a minute with more. Don't go away. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. We got a comment here on our Facebook page. We stream live on Facebook as well as YouTube every day. And it's from David. I think this might have been the David that called earlier. I'm a retired United States Air Force Lieutenant Colonel, 44 years of service. David, thank you for your service. And understand January 6th better than you can imagine. On the Iowa caucus, you're not taking into account of the demographics of the population that makes it a Trump area. And assuming that will be the same across the country. Why are you so against Nikki Haley? Is it because you are so MAGA versus traditional Republican? Trump started the January 6th event when he went down and stirred up that crowd on Proud Boys. No, a Republican must replace. No, a Republican must replacement for the Dems. I don't know what that last sentence means. Um, Ryan, is it because I am so MAGA versus a traditional Republican? The problem with Annie is that she doesn't really approach things fairly. She, <laughs> she right before, and you guys don't see this, but right before the mics turn on, she yells MAGA. Mm-hmm. And then she just goes, ah, and then the mics come on. And she goes, welcome to the Annie Fry Show. And she's very composed. That's why she's a professional broadcaster. She just has to get it out. I'm just telling you what you don't see. Yeah. So there's there's a tremendous bias there mm-hmm. toward MAGA mm-hmm. coming into any segment. Because she does it before every segment, mm-hmm. including this one just now. One of the main reasons you should watch the YouTube live. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever you see that fire and that scream, that's the end of MAGA. <laughs> You're ridiculous. Well, I'm I mean, you usually, do it to I'm yourself. I'm not usually accused of being too MAGA. <laughs> this is true. Uh, I, I was to say, earlier in the show, you were accused of being a rhino. Yeah. Was I? Yes. I didn't see that one. Oh, I didn't see that one no, either. No, that hurts my feelings. Yeah. Well, now, <laughs> now you know. That's not true. I don't even have feelings. <laughs> now that person who said that about rhino mm-hmm. knows the truth. Um, I just am 100% trying to be a realist on the situation. Trump's going to be the nominee. I don't know that there are many people in at least St. Louis media who have spoken more highly of Ron DeSantis than I have in the midst of people who are super MAGA. But like I said with Tyler Boyer, I like them both. Nikki Haley, I don't hate her. She's just not my favorite. I guess that's a crime for some. Stop being fair on the air. Yeah, I'll do my best. MAGA! Get more at 971talk.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 